0: church welcome It's good to gather together as god's people to worship jesus christ would you stand to your feet we're going to read bits of psalm or not psalm isaiah 55 together and that's uh, going to be on the screen and uh so we're going to read this out loud we're going to encourage each other with these words so let's read this loudly and with all of our hearts come everyone who is thirsty come to the water. And you without silver, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without silver and without cost. Pay attention and come to me. Listen so that you will live. I will make a permanent covenant with you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Let the wicked one abandon his way, and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, so he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will freely forget. You will indeed go out with joy and be peacefully guided. The mountains and the hills will break into singing before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, a cypress will come up. And instead of the briar, a myrtle will come up. This will stand as a monument for the Lord, an everlasting sign that will not be destroyed. Let's lift high the name of Jesus together because
1: he's worthy. to take their next steps toward Christ. My name's Alan, and it is so good to join with y'all in worship today. Thank you so much for being here. If you are a guest here today, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Thank you so much for coming, whether in person or online. We're so glad to join with you today. If you're new here, we would love to get to know you, and one way we can do that is through a Connect card. It looks like this. This card is in the pew in front of you. If you would pull this out. And fill that out. That'll let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can serve you. Then after the service, if you would exit through these central doors and turn left, you'll see our Next Steps desk. There you can turn this card in, meet someone who would be happy to meet you and answer any questions that you may have, and also give you a free gift. So welcome to our guests. We're so glad that you all are here today. Well, we're just a few weeks away from our annual Trunk or Treat event. This is a great outreach for families where kids can come and get candy and dress up and have a good time. A great opportunity for us to meet new people and invite them to church, but we need your help. If you would be willing to decorate your car, your truck, or van, that would be great. Or if you could just donate candy, that would be a huge blessing. So that will be October 30th from 4 to 6. Please invite friends and come. It'll be a great time. Well, we're about to transition to a moment of prayer, and as we do, I ask that we all prepare our hearts as we think about another act of worship coming up later in our service as we give our tithes and offerings. So would you please join me in prayer? Good morning, Father. Lord, we praise you and worship you today. We thank you for a new day, another day that you've given life to us. Thank you, God. Thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for the gift of a beating heart and and breathing lungs. You've been so kind to us, Father. And Lord, today we lift up to you our core value of biblical faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you have not been silent toward us. You've not hidden yourself from us, but you've revealed yourself to us through the pages of Scripture. And it's in Scripture that we get this beautiful, amazing picture of who you are, that you are our Savior. That though we have sinned against you, you have become flesh through God the Son incarnate and lived a perfect life and died on the cross for sinners like me and us. Thank you, Lord, for the love letter you've given to us in Scripture. It is life to us. And Lord, I pray that our response would be more and more faithfulness to it. God, we all fall short every day, but we pray that more and more you would use your word in our lives to shape us to look more like Jesus. Father, please let your word be active in our lives, in our daily devotions or in our conversations with with friends or in our life groups. We pray that you would be using your word to transform us to be more and more like Christ. We pray this morning also for our brothers and sisters worshiping you in Utah at Redeeming Life Church. Thank you for this amazing congregation that we have the honor to partner with in ministry, and we lift our brothers and sisters up to you today. We pray specifically for their canned food drive that they're doing right now. We pray that you would uh, just allow a spirit of generosity to be amongst them that many food, items would be provided, and that you would use that to minister to those in need. Please bless Redeeming Life Church. Lord, we pray for those this morning affected by Hurricane Ian. We pray that you would be with the many people impacted who have lost property, lost uh, loved ones. Lord, please, we pray that you would be near in this time and even use this as a time to shine in this dark situation, please lead many to you and be merciful and gracious and provide. Please be with many believers, Lord, who are, who are on the, the front lines serving and helping. We pray that you would give them strength and blessing as well. We pray for the trunk or treat uh, outreach coming up. We pray that you would use this. Holy Spirit, that you would draw many people to come, many guests to come, and that they could get connected to you and, be, and have a relationship with you. Please do use this event so that many would come to know you as Savior. And finally, Lord, we come to you with our greatest need, and that is our need for forgiveness from you. We take this moment now to confess sins that we've committed this very day, this past week. Lord, please forgive us for the many sins that we've committed against you, and we thank you for our amazing Savior, Jesus Christ, who never sinned but lived a perfect life and died in our place but didn't stay dead. He rose again. Thank you for Jesus' victory over sin and brokenness and death, and we will continue to worship and praise you, Father, for the amazing grace you've shown to us. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. And for the people of God in the Old Testament, they looked forward to the day when they would be in the promised land. They uh, It meant an end to slavery. It meant an end to uh, wandering. And it meant being in God's presence with God uh, worshiping Him. And so we as God's people who wait on Christ's second coming have much the same uh, hope in uh, in, a, in a sort of a kind of Canaan. So would you stand to your feet and let's sing together about the hope that we have uh, that there is a place where we will be, those of us who trusted in Christ, that we will be with God and uh, we will experience joy there. On Jordan Stormy Banks. On Jordan, Jordan Stormy Bye. another
2: Well, good morning and welcome to Hebrew Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Sean and I'm glad that you're here this morning and especially that we get to dive together into God's words. We have been blessed over the last few weeks and now months to dive into the miracles of Jesus and what they would have us learn more about him that we can trust in him and today is no different as we look at the miracle of Jesus' power over death. So if you would, turn in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 18, Matthew 9 verse 18. If you want to use the uh, pew Bible that's in front of you and follow along in the translation I will be reading from, it's page 862, otherwise turn into your uh, copy of God's Word or onto your devices to Matthew 9 verse 18 the miracle of Jesus' power over death. Let's read that together. As he was telling them these things, suddenly one of the leaders came and knelt down before him, saying, my daughter has just died, but come and let your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus and his disciples got up and followed him. Just then, a woman who had suffered from bleeding for 12 years approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. For she said to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I will be made well. Jesus turned and saw her. Have courage, daughter, he said. Your faith has saved you. The woman was made well from that moment. When Jesus came to the leader's house, he saw the flute players and a crowd lamenting loudly leave he said because the girl is not dead but asleep and they laughed at him and after the crowd had been put outside he went in and took her by the hand and the girl got up the news of this spread throughout the whole area let us pray heavenly father we ask that you meet with us in your words your perfect words The words that you have given the writers, the words that are without any mixture of error, the word that is full of power and truth. So, Lord, we know that we come to it today. And, Lord, we come knowing and expecting to meet with you because of the spirit and of the word we want to be made new. So, Lord, we come submitting our life, bowing the knee just as Jarius did in this text, bowing the knee to it that we might come into full agreement, but through it, you might change us forever. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Is there someone that you have confidence that you can come to with trouble in your life? What about your teacher? Do you feel confident that when you're struggling with something at school, that you know that you can go with confidence to your teacher for help? Or maybe it's your boss. Do you have confidence that you can go to your boss when you're struggling hard at work? Do you have a friend that you know that loves the Lord Jesus and, and, and cares for you? Do you have someone that you know that you have confidence in that you can go to? Well, our text today gives us full confidence that we can come to Jesus. That we can go to him with every concern we might ever have you see when jesus does this miracle of bringing this girl to life he shows his power and authority over all things in a way that we have confidence that we can come to him chapters 8 and 9 has been growing and building with the authority and power of jesus That he has power to heal. He has the power over the spiritual realm, casting out demons. They must bow to him. That even nature itself must obey its commands. And here, in a climax of showing Jesus' power as fully God, that even death must answer to him. And if this is true, and this is what we know, then we know that in all things we can bring to Jesus. That we know that we can bring everything to him. Because if he is our hope, if he has power over life and death, if he has the power for all eternity to give us life even beyond the grave, then we know that we have the confidence to bring everything to him, And I know that today, there are probably a few of us here today that need to bring some things to Jesus. There's some things that we've been hoarding and keeping on our own. There's probably some of us here that have maybe even wondered, could Jesus even love us as far as I've walked away from him? Well, brother and sister, in our text today, and what we can be confident in is that we can come to Jesus, that we can go to him. No matter how big or small, we can trust those things that we're holding to, that we are holding with a death grip in our hands, that we can place them in the nail-scarred hands. You can trust him. You can come to him in this passage, there are three things that remind us that we need to come to Jesus with everything we need and all the troubles of our lives, but especially to get life. So if you're taking notes on your phone or in your bulletin, number one, come to Jesus in faith when you're desperate. Come to Jesus in faith when you're desperate. The text shows us that even when we're desperate, we can put our faith in Jesus Christ and come to him. Now chapter 8 and 9 has shown us kind of, some ways, the great hall of faith in some regards of the response of Jesus. Remember in chapter 8, the centurion came to Jesus, and what did Jesus say? I've not even seen this great of faith in all of Israel. Later on in chapter 9, I believe it was, chapter, nine, ch- ch- chapter 8 or 9, we see that friends and a paralytic man climb to the roof, tear it open, and bring this paralyzed man to Jesus confident that he can do something to heal them. That takes great faith. And in contrast, here in chapter 9, we see two examples of people who have just a little faith hanging on by a thread, coming out of desperation to Jesus. We see two people, a religious leader and a woman who is suffering for 12 years, just hoping that Jesus can do something. The first person we see is the leader of a synagogue. We know that this position, as we read in the other Gospel accounts. This is Jarius. Jarius is a leader of a synagogue. He is uh, what is known as kind of the head elder, and in so he has authority over uh, the physical needs of the of the uh, synagogue as well as the spiritual direction of the synagogue. And he he knows that he has great understanding of the pulse of the community. He understands too that there are other religious leaders the pharisees and the sadducees can't stand jesus they know that they claim to him to be a blasphemer someone who claims to be god someone who has a great teaching authority that someone that they really in some ways are jealous of but ultimately know that he's turning everything upside down and yet jarius is met with an event That turns everybody's worlds upside down. Their child is in trouble. The daughter is fading. Their child is sick, and in this case, is about to die. We read that he is desperate. As any parent is, we know that even if our kid has a horrible flu, we would do anything to take it from them. And in this case, Jairus just wants his daughter to live. We read in, verse, in Mark, the account of gospel in Mark, verse 22 and 23, one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus come, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly My little daughter is dying. Come lay your hands on her so she can get well. It's interesting in the accounts of the gospel, in Mark's account, his daughter hasn't died yet. And in Matthew's gospel, she's already dead. This does not mean that the Bible has errors or anything's wrong, but it just shows that in the different context of the timeline, the gospel writer is showing something else going on. But what we see is that Jairus came to Jesus desperate, knowing that his daughter's hours were short. For those of us who experience this we know the desperation of what this man feels for some of us here this morning who have painfully lost a child this brings back the memories of desperation how have you felt praying and wanting Jesus to answer your cries we know that the reality is is when we cry out to Jesus that he will not answer in the very way that he did here but we can take comfort in this that Jesus hears our every cry Jarius though that we know that it would cause him to be a spiritual black sheep in some regards humbly bowed his knee it said desperately fell at Jesus' feet begging him no matter the cost to him to make his daughter well second person is a woman who is suffering from continuous menstrual bleeding for 12 years non-stop Mark's telling of this woman gives a clear picture of what this woman suffered through in verse 25 of chapter 5 it says now a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Imagine this. She was suffering for so long that she had spent every dime, she had gone to every probably healer, doctor, expert, faith healer, she called, tried every ointment and medicine. She's done everything she could. And she just thinks maybe, just maybe, Jesus can heal me. She thinks, she concocts a plan, in many ways, the same as someone is conducting a heist. Uh, if we produce this. This uh, distraction over here, then maybe I can get to over here to the item. Well, in this case, she's waiting for Jesus to, to be among a lot of people, that the crowds were pressing in on him. And she saw if I could just touch the hem of his robe, maybe, just maybe, I can be healed. Maybe you're not there now, but maybe you're desperate for something to change you don't know where to go to maybe you're suffering for something that would be considered a long term illness maybe you've at times cried out in this way asking and just thinking maybe Jesus will do something Here, let me hear this see what they did let me encourage you from God's word see this they knew they needed to go to Jesus. And this is what we all need to do. Yes, yes, we should grow in our faith. Maybe we should have great faith, just as the centurion. We should never be in a place where we're just reaching out desperately or having little bits of faith. The goal of a mature Christian is to grow to have great faith. But sometimes, some ways, sometimes it's not, we need to understand that the, we need to have just a little faith for God to work. Yes, we can have great faith in Jesus, but let's remember this. It's not the amount of our faith that saves. It's the one we place our faith in. You know, we're in a spot right now in our lives that we have with two-year-old Parker. And every little bump, every little fall, every little pinch...
3: Ah, 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 mom,
2: dad. You know, you, he's acting like he's been, you know, had his arm taken off. Something's wrong. Kiss it, kiss it. We kiss it. <laughs> oh, tears gone. Uh, it's magic. If we could bottle that medicine, we we cure a lot of things. But here's in Parker's heart. He knows and he has great faith that mom and dad can do something. That's why he goes to us. Brother and sister, we can have confidence because we can go to Jesus because we know he has the power to save. This is... The truth, this is the promise. It's the reason we come to Jesus because we believe in Him. We believe that it's He who has the power. And friends, you may be here today and you might be up against something desperate. Let me just encourage you to come to Jesus. He might not put every piece together, but in Him is fullness of life. In him is a shepherd who cares. In him is someone who will walk with you through the valleys. In him is life. Come to Jesus. And friend, you might be here today and you think to yourself, there's no way. There's no way for me to get my life on track. There's no way because I'm all that I've done that is against God, every sin that I've done. Well, brother and sister, good news. Good news, it is faith that saves. Even a little bit of faith in a resurrected Jesus is enough to save all of us. So turn to him. Turn to Him with little faith and trust in Him for salvation and be reminded that it is His work on the cross, His work going to the grave, His work walking out of the grave. It is what He has done to give life over death. It is in Him that you receive all fullness and forgiveness. So, If you feel like you've gone too far, brother or sister, don't think that anymore because you can come to Jesus. Yes, we need people who grow in faith and depend on God more. But let us just remember that even a faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain. And maybe in your situation, that's all you need to cling to Jesus right now. Trust in Christ and bring it to him and watch him work. But also, number two, come to Jesus for your biggest needs. Come to Jesus for your biggest needs. Just in Jesus for your gigantic needs that includes your salvation because of his power over death. Both Jairus and the woman brought their biggest needs and laid them at the feet of Jesus. Matter of fact, the woman went straight for Jesus' feet, diving for it, hoping that she might touch the hem of his garment. Why was she so desperate? What was her biggest need? Well, because she was bleeding, because she had done this for 12 years, she was both spiritually, physically sick and desperate. Imagine the the constant fatigue that she felt from this constant bleeding. But lay on top of that, she was Spiritually considered unclean. She could not be near anyone because according to the scriptures, she would make them unclean. She couldn't go to the temple. She couldn't worship. She, she was desperate because her life had been ruined. Leviticus 15 tells us kind of the ordeal she was walking through. Everyone who touches them will be unclean must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. And when she is cured of her discharge, she will, is to count seven days, and after that she will be clean. And on the eighth day she will take two turtle doves or two young pigeons and bring them to the priest at the entrance of the tent meeting. And the priest is to sacrifice as one is a sin offering and the other is a burnt offering. And in this way the priest will make atonement for her before the Lord because of her unclean discharge. This Levitical law was keeping and showing the holiness of God and his people. And in God's grace, he had made a way for those who were suffering and unclean to come to him, but this woman never had a chance. She was bleeding for 12 years. She has sustained a lifetime separated religiously from God and separated physically and socially from others. We tell her after doctor after doctor, the text tells us there was nothing they could do. So she took her biggest need, the one she knew that only God could handle to him. You know, isn't it funny when you have someone describe another person to you their way that they look or describe that person kind of changes how you expect that person to be? You know, when someone is really has great respect for someone, and they talk them up, and, and they speak high things of them, and speak good things, and you've never met this person, you've never seen them, you've kind of painted this picture of what they're going to look like. And you expect them to look, you know, 10 feet tall. You, you think, oh, this is person, they, they've known to be a spiritual powerhouse. So you, you kind of expect the countenance of the Lord to like shine so brightly. You have to kind of, like, kind of shield yourself because they're so spiritually mature and so great. And then, and then you meet them and you're like, oh, I look like a normal person. Or maybe you listen to a, a child describe their parent, especially their dad, Oh man, my little girl, little boy. My dad's so big and tough and strong, and they build them up, and they they look. You know, by the time you they're done talking about them, they, you think they look like the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, yeah. And then you meet them, and they look more like Kevin's Kevin Hart. You know, <laughs> or maybe somebody that you uh, that you're just you know they they just don't have a good feeling about that person for whatever reason they've treated them bad or they just don't have a high view of them and and so you kind of think you've got this mental picture of like uh that person is the biggest you know kind of scariest person you ever want to be around like the um you know maybe it's like the wicked witch of the west like you know pre the dream or the you know she's on the bike or you know biggest karen in the neighborhood or something so you're like you just, you just don't even want to meet this person because you're just like, I don't want to, I don't want to be, spend time around this person. Then you meet them and they're just the kindest, most gentlest person. It's just interesting how we are influenced by our view of someone else, by the way that others speak or respect or lack of respect of them. Well I wonder, if people heard our prayers and how big they are, what their view of God would be. I wonder if we pray and we talk and we think as big of a God that we have, what we pray and how we pray and what we think and, and these moments of our biggest needs, to, the way that we cry out to God or think about God or talk about God I wonder what other people's impression about God would be by the way that we pray and that we talk some of us only bring the big things to God and we don't bring the small things and that communicates to people that God doesn't care but we know the Bible says he cares about even the hairs on our head or lack of them in some cases We know that he cares for every moment, every small thing, every big thing. But what about the depth of our prayer? We ask God to change our circumstance, but but we, and we ask him to move desperately, to, to change things that we know only God can do. We ask him to heal our marriage, to, to change our life, to, to help us and to help our child as we parent them. We ask him to do so many things. Do we pray in a way expecting God to do something big? Do we pray for God to, to do something in a miracle? Do we pray so with great faith, asking God to change someone's heart? In the midst of a disagreement or a fight or a misunderstanding, do we are boldly go to the throne and say, God, change that person's heart? When we know that person's far from God, do we cry out, God, Please break through and remove their stony heart and give them a heart of flesh that they might see you and live. Are you as bold enough to pray that God would change your heart? That you've looked at something, you've looked at life, that you've seen the situation wrongly. Do you say, God, please change me? Again, Jesus uses this healing experience to show that our biggest need is to come to Him with all those big things, all the little things, everything, because He cares for us. But friend, again, we cannot help but read these words and see how Jesus again and again through these healings, through these things the miracles that Jesus keeps pointing us to the same truth over and over again, over and over again. You might see your biggest need as this, but, brother, sister, your biggest need is your sin saved and cared for and died for and forgiven. How did Jesus answer? The woman. He reached for the hem of his robe daughter take courage your faith has saved you the word there is not just yes her health her physical health probably needed healing and she was saved physically but those words have no doubt that Jesus saying your faith has made you forgiven so again jesus uses this healing experience to show our biggest need is our ultimate salvation and forgiveness of sins he tells this woman yeah the levitical wall tells you to take two birds well here i'm in a few weeks i'm going to give you the lamb of god slain for your sin through the pain and blood loss, probably did save her physical life, but Jesus wanted to save her life eternally. So today, you're far from God. Your biggest need is to come to Jesus. Bring your broken heart. Bring every failure. Bring everything that you come to, and in faith, come to Jesus, and by faith, be saved in Him. All of us need to bring our biggest need to Jesus. When we do, number three, come to Jesus and live. Come to Jesus and live. When we see this text, we can't help but see the one overwhelming miracle that happens at the end when Jesus brings a girl to life. Seeing Jesus bring a dead girl to life, we see that we can come to Jesus and live. The girl had been dead long enough some had, you know, looking at Mark's account and Matthew's account and whether and when the timeline, it was long enough that doctors, family, everyone had pronounced her, pronounced her dead, that they had brought and called in the local mourning group, it's a mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, to display the sadness and grief. They have a flute player playing Slad songs, They've got a professional group of wailers, these women and men who are, oh, crying, sadness outside, displaying that there is mourning going on at this house, that, that it is enough to know that everyone had declared this girl to be dead. And Jesus walked on the scene. He said, well, why are you doing this? She's only sleeping. And here's one thing you don't do to Jesus laugh laugh at him because he's about to show off you see they laughed because they knew that there was nothing left to do there was nothing left to be done that everything every moment every medicine there was nothing to be done to save this girl and Jesus foreshadows what he is going to do by saying hey she's just asleep Now, those who doubt the Scriptures will say, well, so Jesus had this foreknowledge or some kind of idea to know that she was really just kind of in a coma or something like that. But no, Jesus is using those words particularly to show them what he is about to do. And not just that, but what he's going to do later on when he himself goes to death and raises to life. And so in verse 25, it records, here's the miracle with complete authority. Jesus says, after the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and she got up. The weeping and wailing and great commotion could do nothing to renew the pulse of this deceased child, but one powerful touch of the Savior literally woke her from the dead and the touch, it said, spread throughout the whole area and went from Capernaum to Jerusalem to Damascus to Rome to London to New York to Chicago, here to northern Kentucky to wherever you heard the gospel. You have heard that Jesus has power over death, that Jesus walked out of the grave and that in this moment, Jesus brought this dead girl to life. And it is in him in him that we can trust our life in. If we just come to him, we get life. Jesus gave a taste of this world, his power over death. But This miracle is just to teach us, to give us just a taste of what he would do on the cross. Because the people that Jesus brought to life, Jairus' daughter, Lazarus, They're gonna die again. It's not forever here. But by Jesus' death on the cross, by Jesus coming to life and an empty grave, Jesus in that miracle shows that he has power over eternity for everyone. And it is in him that we know that that miracle that we can trust. It's in that that Jesus gives us a glimpse now in the little girl that we can put our faith in Jesus because in him we can have eternal life. And we know this because if Jesus lives, he says we will live too. If he's resurrected, Jesus says we will have his resurrection power. It is in Jesus that we have the answer G.B. Hardy is a scientist who, who didn't trust in the Lord for a while, but then he came to this. He said, when I looked at religion, I said, I have two questions. One, has anyone ever conquered death? And two, if they have, did they make a way for me to conquer death? I checked the tomb of Buddha, and it was occupied. I checked the tomb of Confucius, and it was occupied. I checked the tomb of Muhammad, and it was occupied. And I came to the tomb of Jesus, and it was empty. I said, there is one who conquered death. And then I asked a second question. Did he make a way for me to do it? And I opened up the Bible and discovered that he said, because I live, ye shall live also. Amen. Hey, come on. That's good news. So We come to Christ to live. to him to live forever. Death is nothing to him. And if you come to him, you will live. So whatever you're struggling with now pales in comparison to his power over death. It's not hard to see ourselves in these stories. We all will face times when we're tempted to give up in despair. The people in our stories certainly could have despaired in the face of death and chronic disease. Likewise, we can despair over a relational problem that will not end, over illness or injury from which we cannot seem to recover, over a sin we cannot seem to uh, control. So far as we know, the man and the woman who sought Jesus did not have especially mature faith, but what we see is we either come to Christ or we go to despair. And I encourage you, brother or sister, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Would you close your eyes for just a minute? I want you to go to the Lord right now. What do you need to bring Jesus. Is there a concern? A problem? Something that seems insurmountable? Something that you know that you can't control? Something that you prayed about but wandered away from the Lord over? Maybe it's because of your spiritual immaturity. Maybe it's because of sin. You've you've backed away from turning to jesus for some reason you've just quit taking it to him whatever that is i just encourage you to come to jesus over right now if you're here this morning and you're far from the lord and you've never come by faith to him to repent and trust in him for salvation I hope you see here a Jesus you can come to. That he says to you, dear son, dear daughter, take courage. Your faith has saved you. Right now, your faith in him, if you would call out to him and say, Jesus, I know that my sin is great, but you are greater. That you've died on the cross for me, and that you're alive and that trusting in you gives me victory over death and sin. Right now, just that even that faith will be answered by the Lord Jesus. If you'd like to know more about trusting in Christ, I'll be at the Next Steps desk and we can step away and we can talk about trusting in Jesus. If you want to follow him in baptism and make that step of obedience, Maybe today that you need some counseling. i would love to connect you with one of our biblical counselors that can help you start to put things in the hands of the nail-scarred hand. Whatever the Lord is doing in your life, be remem- reminded you can come to him. And I hope today you will. Heavenly Father, we are thank you, thankful for this promise that we have in Jesus, the one who has power over life and death. And because of that, we can come to him when we're desperate with our biggest needs. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would do that in people's lives right now and that we would be reminded that it's not us, that it's all Christ. Everything is through him. It's not by the amount of our faith but that we would turn to faith in him. And what makes us well, it's not anything we do, but all Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Man, Would you stand to your feet and let's declare this truth together.
3: my shepherd will defend me, who the deepest valley will lead. All oh, the night has been won, and I shall Shore the price he has, has been made for Jesus bless and suffered for my born. Sing a church.
0: Not I, but through Christ in me. Yet not I, but through
3: Christ.
2: Be seated. A couple quick things before we go to our time of, uh, of uh, offerings. If you want to prepare for that, you can. A couple quick things. Uh, one, uh, you guess we're glad that you're here. We're so glad that you're here and hope that you come back because of uh, worshiping Christ together with you if you felt welcome. Uh, we encourage you that you've not, if you haven't, please fill out that, that connect card and go to the next steps desk. If it's your first time, we have a gift for you. And we want to connect with you because we want to know how we can serve you. We want everyone to take their next step. And we hope for those who have maybe been disconnected from church, be connected with church. And so we hope uh, that you will meet uh, uh, our... Uh, Greeters there and i'll be hanging around there too and love to meet you as well a couple other things I'll remind you what uh, alan said I encourage you the trunk retreats coming up We'll probably have five to six hundred people from our community come in like an hour span It's just like you feel like you're just boom you're overrun by people. We hope that you will come Uh, Last week, I really downplayed the trunks and said just, you know throw in a mum uh, and be done with it, and you can be, you can decorate. Yeah, you know, that's all you need to do, and hand out candy because that's all the kids care about. But for those of you who are creative, well, let's just stoke your fire a little bit. I mean, we do uh, get a, um, kind of a survey from everybody, and the m- best decorated trunk also gets a little prize as well. So maybe that will incentivize you a little bit. But whatever it is, we, however way you can do it, please come. Uh, we had a great sign-up next week. We need probably about 10 more people willing to do it. Uh, if you're a member, we encourage you to do it. If you've just been a, a guest here for a couple of weeks, we encourage you to do it, too. Just come and be a part of our way to connect to our community. It's a great way for us to uh, get connected to them and see how we might encourage them. Uh, a reminder today, Gospel to Every Home, we believe either this week or next week, We'll have every house south of 275 in Hebron visited. So we hope that you will come. Yeah, that's something to celebrate. I mean, that's exciting. And 41048 area code. And so, uh, but we need your help. If we can get, you know, 10 people, we'd love to have you here, men and women, to go out and invite people to church, have a gospel conversation, lead them to Jesus. We, uh, or just to let them know about our church, whatever the way, we hope that you'll come. And uh, we'll be turning our attention soon after 275, so we'll be heading north, so we hope that you'll be part of that today from 4 to 6 o'clock. And I do encourage you, if it's your first time coming, we don't throw you to the wolves, we don't make you do it by yourself. We we, we partner you up with a veteran or somebody can do it, and, and you just learned this week. But the more, the merrier, the more that we can get done. Um, also, uh, just a reminder, elementary kids will be seeing you October 30th. If you'd like your child to be a part, please see Christy Reed. Uh, also, uh, there's a men's basketball league that our church has participated in in the past, and we're kind of gauging interest if you'd like to be a part of this. Uh, this is for adults, so you'd have to be a high schooler. Or older, if you would like to play or could commit to playing, see James Pitts, and uh, he's right up here, and uh, you can let him know that you'd uh, like to play. Um, uh, so we hope that you will do that uh, for this winter. Um, going through my list here. Okay. Uh, finally, uh, I think this is finally go back through yep finally uh if you did not get a pastor and deacon prayer and nomination forum last week uh, they're over at the next steps desk this is a way for you to pray and think through who you might nominate to be a pastor or a deacon a lay pastor or a deacon next sunday we'll be doing nominations so this week get that form pray through it think about it write some names down and then we'll pass out the forms next sunday so we look forward to that next sunday Now, in your pews, uh, we hope that you can participate in our giving. Uh, If you want to do so electronically, in the pew in front of you is a little QR code that you can give, or you can scan this up on the screen to give electronically if you prefer to do that. Or we're going to pass the offering plates because we have the opportunity to give. And so we want to, as we've worshipped, as we've sung, as we've read scripture, we ask now that we give as an opportunity for worship. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all the opportunities that we get to reach out to our community. The materials that we, we, we receive to, to get out uh, to the community, those are funded through our cooperative program, giving and, and the supplies that we have had to get. And, and Lord, that we'll be doing in our uh, trunk or treat here in a few weeks. This is, this is from the provision of our church members and to those who give faithfully to Hebrew Baptist Church as a way for us to reach out to our community. We're thankful for all that you have given us and, Lord, we know that you uh, are the giver of all things. And so we ask you, Lord, as we give just a portion back today, as just a receipt to show how much you have done for us, Lord, we ask that you uh, make our hearts cheerful and generous, and that as we give, that it would be all to honor and glory of you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>
3: Their
4: side foolishness to those who cannot see, blinded by the lies they have believed. So let the church arise, let the anthem ring. song of the redeemed and Boldly we shall see The hope of all the world Is Christ the risen Stand your feet, let's sing we,
3: we, are not ashamed
4: For the gospel
3: is the power of God to save Yes, we, we are not ashamed No The truth, no way. Christ alone, the life, the truth, no way. Christ alone,
0: the life, the truth, no way. Amen. Well, thanks for singing. Have a great week.